the diamond. I realized the diamond. Diamond. Yeah. This is one time I'm Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes look like Timberlands. They're more of a Timberland work boot, brown with a black leather top, and the laces are yellow with a little red stripe going through them. They look like they've worked very hard. These shoes belong to Theo Wilson. This is his story. My name is Theo, short for Theobald. Theobald is a very old English name that my great-grandfather had because he was a descendant of Jamaican slaves. He actually was one generation removed from the plantations there. And so that name passed down on me just in time for the Cosby era. I was born in the 80s. So when people called me my name or when I told them what it was, they were like, on the Cosby show? I'm like, nah, I'm before that, bro. It's interesting because I grew up in a family that you know was headed by a man who was a Vietnam veteran and former gang member who tried tried the very best that he could to make the best life that he could by leaving New York and coming on out to Denver, Colorado. My mother is a very beautiful woman. She was a model for Essence magazine and also a hippie in the 60s who came out here seeking a better life. And they met at a party. And shortly thereafter, I came along. What's interesting is the two sides of my nurture that came from these two people. From my father, I got the structure and the discipline and the, sadly, uh, introduction to violence and what it meant in our world. From my mother, I got my nurture and what people call my looks. But I will say that the most important thing that she gave me was an understanding of having a spiritual center that really would serve me walking in the flesh that I walk in. Imagine walking in flesh that people generally agreed upon was dangerous flesh to walk in being targeted by the state, having friends that grew up in neighborhoods like the one you grew up in that ended up targeting you if you wore the wrong color. That was my life. And I can say that a lot of that life culminated on a night that I thought I would lose my life. It was outside of a nightclub. And in this nightclub, I was there just to have a party and turn up with my friends. And I just graduated from college. So you can imagine You know, I was quite pleased with myself. But when a fight broke out and I lost track of my friends, I ended up outside and confronting a police officer. I was just looking for the person who gave me a ride that night. But he didn't understand that I didn't intend to stay. And he aggressively accosted me, telling me to get the hell home. And in the melee of the crowd, that made all the sense in the world. I was just looking for my friend. And so when I didn't listen to him fast enough, he chicken winged my arm behind my back. Well, me being a martial artist, I broke out of that log and his eyes got as big as saucers. He shoved me off of the sidewalk and into the street. Had a car been coming, I would have been hit by that car. And in my genius moment, I decided to take the sunglasses perched on my forehead and throw them into his face. Anybody will tell you that being born in the flesh I was born in, throwing your sunglasses into a police officer's face, is taking your life into your own hands. But I did it. Stupid move. I was young. And what ended up transpiring was something that had traumatized me ever since. They ended up throwing me to the ground. I remember looking up at the starry night. Four police officers swarmed me and stood me up. 
And in the melee of the crowd, I knew that they didn't see this. So my last weapon was my voice. I began to yell and scream, police brutality, police brutality, police brutality. And they all began to turn around. But the police officer, seeing that I was drawing attention to myself, began to panic. And they shoved me through the crowd into a gray door at the side of the very nightclub that I was just ejected from. They marched me up the stairs and something dawned on me. I've seen this movie before and the black dude don't make it out. They handcuffed me to a chair and I remember screaming at all the other cops in the room, do you see me? Do you see me? Look at what this officer is doing. The arresting officer began to slap me and punch me in my ribs, asked me if I thought I was tough. And at that moment, I gave my life away. What would my mother think? Would my name even make it onto the news? I just got a college degree. Is this how I'm going to end? And so I began to break down and cry. Every bit of tough guy that I thought I had in me left right through my eyes. Well, the police stopped beating me and he looked me in the eye and said, you don't know my name. You don't know my badge number. I'll see you again tonight. You're going to jail. I said, whatever, bro. I just want to go home. He uncuffed me and threw me down the stairs. I caught my balance right before I hit the bottom of the staircase. I stepped outside of the door and there was a newspaper stand. This was the week of the New York blackouts and the headline on the newspaper said, powerless, powerless. I never forgot the synchronicity of that moment, powerless. I'm the grandson of a Tuskegee Airman, powerless. My father served honorably in the Vietnam War, powerless. I just got a college degree, the first man in my bloodline to get a college degree, powerless. What did this mean for me? My relationship to power is something that I've been interrogating ever since. And what I do remember is that the power that I had in the moments before was my voice. And in my voice, I found my power. I realized that what I needed to do was use it in order to change my destiny. And that's exactly what I did. I began to transform my feelings into words. What I started doing was writing raps. I was a rapper at the time. At least I fancied myself to be one. And I would write the raps that my culture seemed to reward. The violent misogynistic kind about cars I wasn't driving and women I didn't have and dope I wasn't pushing. Well, I got quite creative and effective at writing these raps, but I felt like I was lying because I was. And so what I started to do was write raps that had more to do with the political climate in the country, the things I was seeing in my neighborhood, spiritual concepts like Buddhist impermanence. And I took these raps to spoken word competitions, specifically one at the Mercury Cafe. And one night I stood on stage with all of my favorite raps memorized and I won. I was this boy who grew up in this neighborhood with all of this turmoil and I found my voice and I won. Well, slowly but surely, it became kind of an addiction. I started doing it more and more. And before I knew it, I got my butt handed to me by a real slam poem. Well, no more raps for me. I had to start writing real slam poems. And the journey took me to the top of the spoken word world. Well, in 2011, with a group called Slam Nuba, we cut heads. We ended up winning the National Poetry Slam, which was awesome. The feeling was amazing. Holding that golden trophy in front of the entire slam world was intoxicating. And the day after, I realized that it was about as significant as winning the underwater basket weaving championship of the universe. I invested a lot of time and energy in this, and it seemed that outside of a select group of people, 
no one really cared. But what I didn't realize was that when I was preparing to write these slam poems, what I was doing was organizing my thoughts. What I was doing was researching. What I was doing was being my own psychologist. What I was doing was mining the jewels in my soul. I practically started my own religion where I wrote my own scriptures. And I didn't know that this was preparing me to do what I was really supposed to do, was to use my voice and to use my mind to be a speaker, a communicator, an innovator of ideas that hopefully would remap the world into something that would be more palatable and more livable for all of us. Walking down this path has been a very trying and a very difficult, but ultimately a very rewarding path. Theo Story was produced by Ryan Fu. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The, moment we hit our this is one time the shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we go next.